the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Have you ever looked at a successful person and wondered what he or she knew that you didn't? What is the secret to their success? According to today's guest, Mae McCarthy, success is a system, not a secret. Mae's here today to talk about her practical program that anyone can use to achieve success in all areas of life. Mae has helped start and grow six companies to as large as $100 million in annual revenues. May is the author of the best-selling book, The Path to Wealth, and her new book is The Gratitude Formula, a seven-step success system to create a life that you love. Welcome, May. Thanks for joining us. Joan, thank you for having me on. It's nice to be here. So, May, your new book is called The Gratitude Formula, and from doing this work for more than three decades, what have you learned How does gratitude factor into a person achieving success? Well, gratitude is one of those things that lots of studies have shown um, is actually a wonderful element for health and well-being. It helps to calm you down. It um, makes you sleep better. Lots of studies that are outlined in my book show this. But what I've done is use gratitude as a way to focus my attention on something that I want to grow or something that I want to manifest as a goal. It tends to accelerate my noticing possibilities to take steps to achieve those goals. It's interesting because I think when people are talking about success or achieving goals, I'm not sure that they factor gratitude into that equation. So is it in the noticing of it that you think propels you? Or what aspect of gratitude do you really think drives a person? Well, I think giving you an example might help. When I was 19, I started the first of seven businesses. And what I found was I I ran sales organizations, and I would get very excited with my employees when we would meet certain sales goals. And somehow it dawned on me that if I could be grateful for achieving those goals in advance, that perhaps we could all get motivated and achieve them sooner. And that's exactly what happened. So we started to be grateful. I mean, choose to be grateful for achieving our goals before we ever actually achieve them. And more times than not, we actually were successful in not only achieving them, but achieving revenues beyond what our original goal was. May, would you go so far as to say that gratitude should be the foundation on which everything else is built? Well, you know, it kind of depends on different, you know, what, what the goals and priorities are. Being grateful for what you want to have manifested or what you want to grow in your life. Being grateful for it in advance can help. Mm -hmm. It can help you to notice possibilities. It can also put you in that calm state where you can notice intuitive and subconscious directions that will point out possible steps for you to take. I mean, I'm not the only one that believes this. But one of the most influential women of our time is Oprah Winfrey. And she said, if you're grateful, if you're thankful for what you have, it tends to multiply and you'll have more. But if you're always focusing on lack, you'll never have enough. 
Mm-hmm. So shifting your attention to being uh, focused on what you want and then being grateful for it in advance tends to help it to multiply and grow and also instructs your subconscious to point out possible steps that you can take. And here's an example. You know, if you recall the last time you bought a car, you thought about a car, you looked at all the different models, you talked to your friends, your family, you know, and maybe subject matter experts, and you narrowed down the different kinds of cars that you want to maybe one or two models. Maybe you even went and test drove a car. You're thinking about it, you're talking about it, you're being grateful because you figured out how you're going to finance it. Don't you start to notice that car driving around everywhere? Mm -hmm. You never noticed it before. But now that you've started to generate these feelings of gratitude and excitement about having that car, you start to notice it. Your subconscious filters billions of pieces of data that are coming at you every day and illuminates things that are in alignment with what you're putting your attention on and what you're putting your gratitude on. And that can be the same for any goal that you have. If you if you want to you know, lose 10 pounds, instead of saying, I want to lose 10 pounds, say, I'm so grateful that I'm physically fit, trim, toned, energetic, and a healthy body that easily moves through life. And what will happen is possible steps will show up or people will come into your life that have some wonderful thing to share with you that is consistent with your goal for health. May, in your book, you write about a CSO. What does CSO stand for? Well, I believe that everyone has the ability to receive intuitive directions. Bill Gates said often you have to rely on intuition and lots of famous people rely on intuition. And I've found that I get gut instincts, strong thoughts and ideas, an awareness about taking some sort of action, and I roll all that up into intuition. Well, for me, there's a source for that intuition, and I don't really get hung up on what to call it. But as a business person, as a CEO, I surround myself with people whose advice I value. And I have chief financial officers and chief operating officers, chief marketing officers, and so on. Well, I decided that there must be a source for this intuition, so I gave it a title, and I brought it into my business, and I call it the Chief Spiritual Officer. It's essentially the source of intuition that guides and directs me and illuminates possibilities for me to take steps to achieve my goals. As I've been growing my business, I have been relying more and more on my intuition, and I'm going through having to make a business decision right now. And and I know in every cell of my body what I need to do because every time I think about it, I literally feel sick, but it's just getting that courage to take action. So I think that this is a great practice to incorporate into your business and into your life. Right. And if you are feeling nervous, if you get some sort of intuitive hit, that's what I call these leads, these intuitive leads. If you get an intuitive lead about anything, and you feel really unsure or scared or filled with doubt, simply ask for another lead. And that's that's where this title, you know, Chief Spiritual Officer comes in. Because if you were in a business setting, you would ask your business partner to clarify some information that they gave you if you didn't understand it. And you can do the same with this source of intuition. Again, I don't I don't know what it is. I I admire people that have faith and can actually, you know, call it something that's endearing. And I call it, I give it a title because I believe it's a subject matter expert that provides information that's consistent with what I'm putting my attention on. So May, let's look at your gratitude system. Can you give us an overview of the program and tell us a little bit about why it's so powerful? Sure. Well, the very first thing that you want to do is recognize that you're already powerful. You're already, you've already proved that you can achieve goals. Um, think about when you learned to drive a car or ride a bike or read. All of these things were difficult for you to do when you first started, but you put in repetitive practice every single day, and you noticed other friends and family and other people that were achieving and mastering driving a car, riding a bike, reading, and even typing on that crazy keyboard that's not even in alphabetical order. All of these things are things that you learn to do 
using repetition to reap the rewards. And now you could probably drive home from work or, or a variety of places that you go often and not even remember large parts of your drive home. Well, that's because you've used repetition to master the situation, and that's probably the biggest key component in the system for success is recognizing that you've got to do something every single day to stay focused on what you want outcomes to be. The second thing is is to recognize how your brain works. You know, your brain remembers every single time that you had a goal in the past that you did not achieve, and it remembers how disappointed you were. And it, it doesn't want you to be disappointed again. So when you have a goal that's bigger than anything you've experienced before or different than anything you've experienced before in an effort to try and protect you, your brain will sometimes put those intuitive messages on mute so that you can't notice the steps to take. So what you have to do is make what you want familiar and welcome by reading stories about other people that have achieved the kind of success that you want to achieve. And also, you know, if it's if it's a particular item that you want to experience, um, you know, a new car or a new house or something, go to places where you can actually experience those things that you want. As you start to gather stories about other people who were just like you when they started and understand their journeys, what you'll start to realize is, wow, if they could do it, I could do it. You know, so many very, very famous people, we look at them and think their success is unattainable. But if you go back and look at where they started, many of them have started from places that were much more simple and modest than many of your listeners. And the the point is, is that as they started to increase their belief in possibility, doors started to open, opportunities started to present themselves, and they had the courage to take advantage of those. And everybody can do that as well. They've already proved how powerful they are. So recognize how your brain works and make what you want familiar and welcome. Start to believe that if they can do it, you can do it as well. Those are the two key components of this. And then there are a number of other steps. Just to remind you, you know, don't try and force anything because if you try and force something to happen and you fail, then you have to start all over at the beginning, making what you want familiar and welcome and shifting those beliefs so that your brain will take those intuitive messages off mute. May, how important is it for us to set goals? Do you think too many people go through life just letting things happen without having some type of a plan? It's my belief that if people don't program their own subconscious, then other people will program it for them. Every day we wake up and have an opportunity to decide to create the life that we love. And many of us will wake up and turn on social media, turn on the news, read newspapers, and fill our minds with stuff that other people think are important. And what happens is as we go out throughout our day, because we've allowed that to be programmed into our brain first thing, we'll start to notice more and more evidence of that occurring. And sometimes it's the very thing that we don't want to have happen. The other thing is that people aren't using the right words. I mean, think about that goal, I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to get out of debt. If the goal is to be wanting to lose or wanting to get out of debt, they've already achieved the goal. They're already wanting. So they have to shift their words and create powerful goal statements. They want to describe their goals every single day. They want to write it down. They want to read what they wrote out loud, and they want to imagine being in the completed goal with gratitude. So they would say, I'm so grateful that I'm financially free with a minimum or more of X number of dollars while I'm using my skills and talents in remarkable and fulfilling and satisfying ways. I love working with the people that I work with and together we advance a mission that is very meaningful to me that that uh, supports the growth of our customers and all of us together thrive and prosper. I love my work. You see the difference? Even if they don't have a job yet, if they describe that, what's going to happen 
is they are going to be intuitively guided and their subconscious is going to illuminate possibilities to make those statements true. So they've got to program their own subconscious, and I recommend that people do that every single day. Write down your goals as though they're complete with gratitude. Speak them out loud. What you just wrote, read it out loud with emotion. And then finally, take a few minutes and think about one of your goals and see yourself in the movie after you've already achieved the goal. May, we're usually proficient at starting a program. We we begin something with such enthusiasm and we feel that we can take on the world when we do. But then, usually, before too long, we seem to give up or whatever it is we've been trying to accomplish falls to the side. Do you have any tips that can help us stay committed to a success system? Yes. Have patience and do it just the same way that you brush your teeth. Just do it. You want good dental health, you brush your teeth every day. You don't think about it. You don't go, hmm, should I brush my teeth or shouldn't I? No. If you want good dental health, you just brush your teeth. And you know that you do that every single day in order to prevent poor dental health. Well, you do this the same way. You do this every single day, set aside 25 to 30 minutes in the morning, every single day to program your brain for success. Um, Inc. Magazine, there's a writer there that had read my first book called The Path to Wealth. And she was she marveled and she said, you know, this is really a simple morning routine to prime your brain for success. And here's what I will tell you and all your listeners. If you don't program what's important to you first thing in the morning, the rest of the world gets to program it for you. And why would you give up that kind of power to other people when you can create, when all you have to do is keep your goals at the forefront of your thoughts first thing in the morning, and then things will shift to enable more possibilities to show up and present themselves for you to experience that good that you've described. You're worth it. All of your listeners are worth it. They get the opportunity to do this. And I I hope they'll set aside that 25 to 30 minutes every morning for themselves. They're worth it. The book is The Gratitude Formula, A Seven-Step Success System to Create a Life That You Love. If you'd like to get more information about May and her work, you can visit MayMcCarthy.com. May, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would like them to remember to remember how powerful they are. You know, they, they've already learned all of these things that could be very, very difficult for somebody just starting out. They've learned to drive. They've learned to ride a bike. They can go years without riding a bike and get back on a bike and balance on two wheels. I mean, that's incredible. They, they can read. They can skim entire pages. Um, and get the same understanding, but at one time they had to sound out each letter and each word and struggle to put it in a sentence, in a paragraph, in a story. And they've learned to type on that crazy keyboard. You know, they've already proved that with repetition and practice and recognizing that if other people could do it, they could do it. They've already proved that this kind of system works. Now all they have to do is apply it to creating the life that they love. May, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your formula for success. As you just said, we are very powerful and your program gives us inspiration and structure to help us achieve a rich life. So thanks for sharing. So happy to be here, Joan. Thank you. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. 
Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973-722-1154. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. your health. Joining me is Nick Ortner, who's here to talk about how tapping can be used to address a range of issues, including anxiety, chronic pain, addiction, weight control, and stress management. Nick is CEO of The Tapping Solution and author of the book, The Tapping Solution, A Revolutionary System for Stress-Free Living. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me on, Joan. Nick, I've been hearing a lot about tapping lately. Is this something new? What exactly is tapping? Yeah, absolutely. I know some listeners are thinking we're talking about tap dancing. So <laughs> we've got to clear it up. Uh, tapping, otherwise known as EFT, um, is is actually a technique that's been around for over 30 years. It was, I think just now it's gaining the momentum and we're, we're having the research come in that's really validating how this process works. And uh, we call it tapping because we are literally tapping on endpoints of meridians of our body while saying certain statements, while focusing on stress, anxiety, anger, pain in our bodies, really whatever is going on in our bodies that's keeping us stuck, slowing us down. And uh, what the latest research is showing, you know, the reason why we're tapping on our face and body is that as we do this tapping, we're actually sending a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain. And a lot of your listeners probably know that the amygdala is that little almond-shaped fight-or-flight response in the brain. It's really the stress center. It's when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're overwhelmed, that's the part of your brain that is firing. And what the tapping is doing is really calming the amygdala, balancing the brain, often rewiring the brain, and providing at least in my experience and those of thousands of people around the world, incredible results. Now, Nick, I can understand the correlation between tapping and physical pain, but how does it yeah. work with addiction or financial issues or even weight management? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. Where it's working with these issues is it's really going to the stress center. And if we look at something like weight and, and for example, example, cravings, now tapping is very effective in minimizing, reducing, and eliminating cravings. And what we often find when we start digging deeper and people say, you know, I come home from work and I just need to have that tub of ice cream or the bag of chips or, you know, that, all that chocolate, it's emotional eating and it's eating that's often related to stress, stress that they're experiencing at work, stress that they've experienced their whole lives. When we dig deeper and ask people about weight loss and cravings, they'll say things like, well, you know, when I was growing up, the way that I was rewarded was with candy. So I'm now established in my mind. I didn't realize it until we explored this, that the way I reward myself after a long day of work is to eat candy. So what the tapping does is we can actually calm that nervous system response, that stress response, and really gain more clarity about the issue. I think one of the beautiful things about the tapping process is that when you do it on something you're struggling with, there's a tremendous amount of clarity that comes up. And, you know, if we look at that mechanism of calming the amygdala, calming the stress response, and we look at when we have our best ideas, when we have our inspiring thoughts and actions, it's 
you know, people will say things like, well, I was in the shower and it just inspiration hit me or I was taking a bath and I, I saw the answer to this problem or I was walking in nature. So we have these insights when we're relaxed, when we can look at an issue, a challenge object, objectively from some distance and feel some peace around it. And the tapping really allows that to happen with weight loss, with finances. You know, when someone gets a bill, it's often an instant stress response, right? They mm -hmm. get the bill, oh my gosh, here it is again, I can't believe it. The amygdala is firing, the heart is racing. And in those places, we don't make good decisions. You know, really from a physiological basis, when the heart is racing, when we're looking at that bill, when we're anxious, the blood is literally flowing away from our brains into our arms and legs because the body's mobilizing for stress, for fight or flight, for doing something. So we're in those states and we don't come up with creative ideas. We don't come up with solutions. We don't make the decisions that can help us really stand out in the world and follow our passions and dreams and be financially successful. Is tapping similar to acupuncture? Yeah, I think they're, you know, I would call them cousins. Um, as, you know, it's sort of acupuncture without the needles, which a lot of people are a big fan of mm -hmm. who don't like the needles. And acupuncture, which I personally love. I get acupuncture myself. I find it very relaxing and helpful. Uh, you know, it often doesn't have the emotional component. So you're usually laying down in a bed and, you know, if you're in pain, they'll treat for that or whatever else you have going on. But you're not discussing your issues. You're not talking about what might be going on. And that's where the real power lies in tapping. Uh, for pain relief, which I mentioned a couple times as an example, acupuncture has proved very effective, as has tapping. And I think that's working through the same mechanisms as acupuncture Plus, it's adding the emotional component. So, Nick, very briefly, what are the steps to tapping? Yeah, so there's a couple of really basic steps. One is determine what you want to tap on. So if you're in physical pain, you say, okay, my back hurts. That's my target. If you're angry about something, anxious or annoyed, that's your target. The more specific you can be about it, the better. You don't want to just say life is stressful because uh, that can be hard to focus on. So a specific target, we give it a number on a 0 to 10 scale in intensity so we can check in later on with how it's doing. And then we go through the tapping process. So we start by tapping on the side of the hand. It's called the karate chop point. Below the pinky on the outside of the hand, use one hand to tap on the other and whatever hand feels comfortable, and just tap continuously and repeat after me. Even though I have this pain in my body, I choose to relax now. And we're going to do that two more times. This is the setup statement. We're bringing the issue forward. You can change the language even though I'm angry, even though I'm anxious, even though I'm upset about this. So even though I'm upset about this, I love, accept, and forgive myself now. And again, we're just accepting ourselves or relaxing with the issue. And the third statement, even though I have this issue, I choose to relax now. And then we tap through the points. The first point is the eyebrow point. Inside of the eyebrow, right where the hair ends and it meets the nose, you can take two fingers of one hand. You can use either hand or tap on both sides. The meridians run down both sides of the body. And you're tapping five to seven times gently and just focusing on your issue and what your challenge is and repeating out loud this issue. Now to the side of the eye, not at the temple, a little further in next to the eye. Again, one side or both sides, this issue. Under the eye, this issue. Next point is under the nose, this issue I'm dealing with. Under the mouth, above the chin, below the lip, and that little crease in there, this issue. We have three points left. If you feel for the collarbone, the little bone sticking out, just go down an inch, out to each side about an inch. You can tap with all ten fingers of both hands. Again, focusing on your challenge this issue underneath the armpit, three inches underneath the armpit, either side of the body, this issue. And the last point where we do look a little bit like monkeys, right at the top of the head, right in the crown with five fingers, this issue. And then we take a deep breath and let it go. And that's what's considered one basic round of tapping. Uh, after every round, we do two things. We check in on the original number, see how it's shifted. And then we also pay attention to what else came up, what other ideas, memories, insights that might be related to the issue. Now, that was one really fast round. Mm -hmm. So, and as you're learning the point, you might not get other ideas and inspiration. But if you do five, 10, 15 minutes of tapping, get comfortable with the process, you'll see that not only do the issues shift very quickly, I mean, often shockingly quickly, but you get other ideas. You get other clarity as to what's going on exactly. Nick, how often must this be done for healing? Do you do it once and then if the symptoms go away, you're in essence cured or do you need to do this repeatedly? 
Yeah, it's such a great question. You know, it, everyone is, is so different. Uh, we certainly have what we call the one-minute miracles and, or five-minute miracles where someone's had back pain for a long time. They try this. Wow, it's gone. It shifts, and it never comes back. Other times, it takes longer. You know, when you do this deep work and then you go back to your life, if you go back to the same patterns and stressors and habits, well, and if they're contributing to the pain or the challenges in your life, that can be a challenge. So I know for me personally, when I first discovered it, I did a lot of tapping in the beginning. And I did tapping really to sort of heal old wounds, clear out memories, things that I had not let go of from the past. Once that was done, then it became more about my daily living. You know, what's the maintenance tapping that I need to do? And now it might be, okay, I'm stressed about something that's going on with work or I'm overwhelmed and I can use the tapping sort of on a maintenance basis in the same way that you might use meditation on a maintenance basis. Nick, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We'll be right back. This is WNYA, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. According to today's guest, Valerie Burton, despite having better jobs, better education, more money, and more choices than ever before, today's women are actually less happy than women 40 years ago. Valerie is a frequent media contributor who has appeared in and on the Today Show, CNN, Fox News, Dr. Oz, Oprah, and the Los Angeles Times. Welcome, Valerie. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Valerie, as women, we search for happiness in relationships, jobs, material items. We have more today than women before us than ever before. And yet you say we're less happy and that by age 40, many women feel their life hasn't turned out as they'd hoped. Why do you believe this is happening? Well, actually, that that whole statement is based on a really interesting study that came out just from the Wharton School. It's called basically the, the paradox of declining female happiness, that when you look at women from the early 70s and you look at women 40 years later, that women's happiness, especially starting in early 40s, has begun to decline, and men are continuing to see their happiness increase. Uh, and so I, you know, I began just talking to women. What, what do you think that is? You would think that with more opportunities more education, more income, more technology that's made, you know, household work more, uh, a little easier to do, that we would be happier. And so what is it that, that's going on? And so that was a big part of what prompted um, Happy Women Live Better. And then I thought to myself, well, what can we do about it? And so the book is really about these 13 research-based happiness triggers, things that you can do every single day. You don't have to do all 13, but, you know, finding what can you do to boost your happiness in a really practical and intentional way. You were talking about a study, and, and studies show that women who are financially dependent on their husbands are more loyal, but men who are financially dependent on their wives are actually more likely to cheat. Do you think that has something to do with this male need to feel masculine? I think that in that men are wired uh, to provide. I do believe that, um, and uh, that when they are more dependent on women, I think that there's a there's a shift uh, in the dynamic that's very unfortunate. I mean, that it's unfortunate when you look at that, and even uh, the fact that when women's income uh, exceeds sixty percent of household income, uh, divorce is far more likely. I mean, there are issues going on with the changing dynamics in our culture that obviously as women with more education we're making more money and it impacts it can impact doesn't impact every relationship but many relationships have some dynamics that that become negative uh, as a result and so you know I think it's something just for us to be aware of and um, and that for a woman looking for relationships, she has to have a man who's very secure and very um, supportive if she has a high income. I think that's, uh, that's an unfortunate reality. Let's talk about something happy. <laughs> Let's talk about what yes. we can do to trigger happiness. You talk about 13 happiness triggers in your book. Yes. Let's go through a few of these and, okay. and see if we can so, bring someone some joy. <laughs> yes, let's bring some joy. And one thing I want the women to do, and, and men too, actually, this test is relevant for everybody, but if you go to happywomantest.com, you can take this free quiz, and it will tell you what your personal triggers are, which are the happiness triggers that you are probably using 
uh, pretty frequently, and it will tell you your power triggers. Those are that's my positive term for the ones at the bottom. <laughs> These are the ones that you don't use so much, but if you figure out what they are and you start to use them, they have the greatest ability to boost your happiness because you're not really activating those happiness triggers very often. All right. So, what are some of these triggers? Well, one of my favorite, actually my absolute favorite happiness trigger is called anticipation. And think of it like this. Have the mantra that every day I make sure I have something to look forward to. Anticipation builds up kind of this hope for what's going to happen in the future. And it can be simple things like tonight you're going to have dinner with a friend or your spouse, or it could be the bubble bath you're going to take. They're the bigger things like vacations that you plan. So be very intentional about having something every day that you're looking forward to. So, you know, another one of my favorites is play. So the mantra that I ask you to have is I give myself permission to play, be silly, and have fun. And, you know, when when you are stressed out, play is actually a really great tool to use because it's impossible to play and multitask at the same time. Play really requires your full attention. Play helps you to relax. It allows your mind to quit thinking about all the stuff that you're stressed about and to just focus on, on pure joy. Valerie, what are some of the myths that you find women have about happiness? Oh, I think the biggest myth that we have is that we know what will make us happy. And this is for everyone, really. And we are actually very poor predictors of what will make us happy. And it, it puts us on something called that psychologists call the hedonic treadmill, which is simply the idea that you know we think we know what's going to make us happy. Maybe it's the new house, the new job, the new car. And once we attain that, you know, we're excited for a minute. We get some pleasure from it. And then after a while, we get used to it. And so we have this um, kind of continually increasing uh, set of requirements of what it takes to be happy. We get used to it, now we need something more. And so we've got to get clear about what really brings us joy, which has to do with things like connection, finding a sense of purpose, serving others, playing, being intentional, like I said, about anticipation. All of those things will help you to find greater levels of contentment. And probably the best thing you can do to create contentment is to be intentional about gratitude. Right? When you get used to things, you begin taking them for granted. Even the things, if you look back five years ago, ten years ago, I bet there are things in your life right now that you, you wished back then that you had. And many of those things you don't even give a second thought to anymore. So being able to stop and notice the progress that you've made and how far you've come can actually help you to stop uh, kind of running on that hedonic treadmill of always needing more, more, more. Uh, to be happy. The book is Happy Women Live Better by Valerie Burton. If you'd like more information about Valerie, you can visit her website, ValerieBurton.com. Valerie, thank you so much for being here with us today. This is such important information. As you and I were saying in the beginning, women today, they're just having so much trouble trying to figure out where we fit in. And I think in doing that, somewhere along the way, we've lost ourselves and we've lost our ability to find our joy. So this is a really important message. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great, great question. You're a great interviewer. (laughs) Thank you. We'll be right back. What brings you meaning? Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? Why am I here? Or what do I want? These questions are a search for meaning or purpose in life. Taking the time to ponder these questions are so important to create a balanced, purposeful, and rewarding life. Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also provide coaching to individuals that want to improve their health and well-being. In contemplating on what is truly meaningful, you can discover that experiencing and expressing love are central to fulfillment in life. The challenge is to transform the fear that is so rampant in our culture and often expressed as anger or impatience into love. This can be a lifelong project which propels meaning and direction into every moment of life. Today, we are bombarded with messages from a multitude of often conflicting directions telling us how to live our lives. Divorced from our own inner voice, our own wisdom, we look to external authorities to comprehend and assign meaning to our lives. Yet ultimately, each of us individually is our sole and final authority on answering those questions that have 
have formed the basis of philosophy throughout the ages. Many people today are seeking to connect with their own inner authority. We can cultivate our ability to listen by simply taking time alone to do something that brings us closer to nature and to our own inner spirit. Keep an open heart and mind. Experiment, and you will find what works for you. If you need a health and wellness coach to partner with you, please contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com. Did you know that when we as women think about caring for ourselves through pregnancy, labor, and the postpartum period, that we often overlook the vital role of a birth and postpartum doula? Hi, my name is Rachel, owner and primary doula at The Village Doula, and I'm here to tell you that a doula isn't just some new age accessory for the super wealthy. Instead, she is a vital educator, guide, support, and coach through one of the most critically transformational times of your life, the time where you will make the transition into to motherhood. During my years as a registered nurse, I began to see a gap in care that many mothers were facing. Here are a few reasons why a doula is a vital part of your birthing team. Women who chose to include a doula in their care were 40% less likely to experience cesarean section. Their labors were almost 40 minutes shorter on average, and they experienced a 25% reduction in forceps and vacuum-assisted births. Women who used a doula in their care also reported feeling overall supported, well, happy, and adjusted in their postpartum period. They also experienced lower rates of postpartum depression and anxiety by almost 35%. This is huge and such an honor to be a part of this process for new families. For more information on closing the gap in care, please visit my webpage at thevillagedoula.life. I've always loved that this month is named March. It reminds me that nature is moving forward like an unstoppable force with its renewal. Soon, new greenery will be transforming around us. It all seems to literally spring from the earth. With the weather warming and all this new life, we also can't help but feel more energetic and focused on what's coming next. Hi, I'm Susan Greif, speaker, author, a creative arts interpreter, and founder of Artmen's Hearts. I harness the power of creative expression to help clients release old stuck energies that keep them feeling panicked, powerless, paralyzed, and in pain. Many cultures have traditions that celebrate new beginnings right around the time of the spring equinox. This is the perfect time for each of us to rise from our winter hibernation and think newly about the seeds we wish to plant in our own lives. Here are some great questions to ask yourself as you consciously create a powerful spring equinox experience. Do you feel rested and refreshed as you emerge from the winter stillness? Are you mindfully gathering and absorbing warmth and energy from the increasing hours of sunshine? What are the most important goals you plan to invest time and energy in? How will you ensure that you also experience an abundance of love, appreciation, contribution, and nurturing as you spring forward in your life? For more ideas, inspiration, and support, visit ArtmansHearts.com. When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive, but is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things, getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense, then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really going to get you that far. If you want a result, then you're going to want to work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say, I'm sorry you're hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting. But let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to. 
this is Joan Herman. I am honored to be a special ambassador for the 2019 Coleman North Jersey Race for the Cure. I hope that you'll join me and my race team on Sunday, May 5th at Liberty State Park for this 5K fun walk and 5K timed run. Sign up for my team at cyacyl.com slash Komen. That's cyacyl.com slash Komen. Join the fight. Save lives. Register now. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, a transformational life coach and reinvention expert who helps her clients move through life's challenges and transitions with purpose, passion, and clarity to emerge more powerful, fulfilled, and purposeful. Linda is here today to discuss getting unstuck and living courageously. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan. It's great to be back. So, Linda, often I hear people make statements like, I'd like to do this or be that, but I'm not sure how to make it happen. Most of the time, I feel that people believe they're trapped in their current circumstance and they don't see a way out. Can you give us some insight into the condition of feeling stuck? Yeah, so I think everyone experiences this feeling of being stuck from time to time. And it's okay when it's just a blip on the screen and we quickly find ways to move forward. The real problem arises when people get stuck in their circumstances and life situations and stay stuck for a good while. It's problematic when we're stuck in limbo and we keep expressing the same complaints over and over without finding a solution or a way out. We know we've crossed that line when we find ourselves awake in the middle of the night, worrying about our future feeling helpless or hopeless. And really, what's behind this? Almost always fear. Fear of making a change. Fear of the unknown. Fear of not feeling good enough. Fear that you're not sure of your next steps or the next steps feel scary or intimidating. So if we really want to be frank about this, often when people say they're stuck, they really mean they're afraid. Maybe they're afraid feeling that if they take the next step, part of the world might crumble or feel out of control. You just described so many people that I know, and it's such a common problem. So what are some strategies that you found that can help us get unstuck? Well, ironically, the best first step to getting unstuck is to do nothing. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but what I mean is it's time to get still. Listen to your inner voice, your higher wisdom. Tune in and ask yourself, what do you really want? What needs to change to create the outcome you desire? When you allow yourself to trust that higher wisdom or intuition and to just take one small step in the right direction, it's incredible how situations and events begin to unfold. You see, allowing yourself to stay stuck in limbo is kind of playing small, staying safe. Living courageously is just the opposite. Sometimes you have to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. Growth sometimes requires a bit of risk. So here's a strategy I find works for most people who feel stuck. One, get honest with yourself and determine what you really want. Ask yourself, do you want something different for your life? Do you know something needs to change, but you're either afraid to start or you don't know how to get there? Desire is an expression of your deepest self. Listen carefully and follow its lead. Two, take that first small step. Just do it. You'll see you survived, and then you can take one more small step and another and another. And three is to get support. Change isn't always easy or comfortable, and a support system is very helpful. It can be a group of trusted friends or a coach or both, which is best, because a professional isn't emotionally invested like family and friends are. So they can see things a lot more clearly and guide you accordingly. But here's the kicker. I can give people all kinds of strategies, steps, techniques, etc. All of it will just remain a concept and some future plan until one thing happens. When the pain of staying stuck is greater than the perceived pain of making the change, that's when people take action. When speaking with clients who feel stuck, I ask them, what's the price of not making the change? Have you looked at it from this perspective? What's the cost to your well-being of staying in limbo? When people realize the cost of staying put outweighs the cost of creating change, that's when the magic happens. Then people easily get unstuck and start taking inspired action and begin to live courageously. So, Linda, you just mentioned living courageously. What does that look like? And what do we need to do to stay in that state? 
So getting unstuck and living courageously means you're now ready to define, create, and step into your new life with passion and purpose. All this happens when you step out of your comfort zone and start taking an action. You begin to feel fulfilled, excited. Your life has value purpose and meaning. And the second part of your question is so good. What we need to do to stay in this new place of living courageously is to change our thoughts. Keep following your heart. Push past the inner resistance and the outer obstacles by creating new beliefs. I invite people to write out their new empowered beliefs daily. But to make it stick and really embody it, I encourage people to find evidence of that new belief every day. This practice cements your new belief into your subconscious mind, and it becomes part of your life. If we want to get unstuck, create new results, and live courageously with passion, purpose, and meaning, we need to change our beliefs. Remember, our beliefs drive our thoughts. Our thoughts influence our feelings. Feelings shape our actions, and our actions, of course, create our results. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about this topic or Linda and her work, you can visit her website, livinginspiredcoaching.com. And as always, to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Linda. Does your child snore or breathe with their mouth hanging open at night? Are they restless or just don't get a good night's sleep? Children that don't sleep well will have other troubles like slowed physical growth, behavioral issues at home or at school, and changes in their facial appearance, including crooked teeth. At the Center for Integrative Orthodontics, we treat the reasons that crooked teeth happen. People bring their children to us as young as three from all over the East Coast. To learn more, go to morethanstraightteeth.com. I am incredibly, incredibly proud to be a physician here at St. Jude. To be in a place where I know my patients are going to get the top-notch care. Not only care, but also research happening 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Every single person that contributes is a part of that St. Jude family that makes that happen. Because of everyone that is really committed to the mission of St. Jude, we're giving families hope. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>